Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. There's a it's a, it's a, it's a good time <laughs> for video games and movies in 2021. It means COVID's gone, so we're like we always do. This is this is wonderful here. I uh, let's see. I've got. I did last week. I did some kids' birthday stuff because uh, my fiance's okay. little girl had her birthday, so we did. We did birthday stuff and went to my first escape room, which was, oh. was interesting. Did we? Why do I feel like we've talked about that? I, I've never been. She went. She went to one yeah, when she, for like another friend's birthday party. But this one, I actually went that's to. a that's a thing I always thought about doing. Mm-hmm. And I've played a couple of the uh, card game, board game versions, um, but just never. Uh, you know, I'm not the in my family. I'm not a. I'm not an event coordinator yeah, or leader yeah, sure. uh, in that way. And so since nobody, I mean, I guess the closest I've ever been done to uh, to an escape room was when we did True Dungeon uh, a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will say this. But anyway, how how was it? Good. We, we there's there's several escape rooms in our in my town here. And we went to one that was in the middle of like, well, if I said Fountain Square Mall, I know you know where that is, but it's a uh, a smaller right. in it's not really a mall it's an inside kind of building place which uh is that uh is that code and key i think that's the name of it yes um okay. and it's 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 smaller space is what i'm trying to get at right uh, so, okay sure so sure. the the room is no mi- bigger than maybe 12 by 12 at most um okay. and in this one there was a hidden room that was the size of maybe six by six um sure the so you're basically just in that one room which is, is, I know that's how that works, but it, it was good. The thing was that I, we went in there, it was for her birthday. She's 10, mm-hmm. right? And okay. there were two other kids in there, kid ages like 10 or, or below. And then there was myself, Shelly, her sister, and Sydney. So there were like seven of us, right? And mm-hmm. I expected it to be a kid's version, but it was not. It was like the full version. Which was, hmm. which was cool, fine. The, the kids did really well. I was really happy with it. Ten years old, but I will say, coming out of this, um, put the end at the front. I, I think that you should really plan it with take Sarah and Andrew, like the three of you go, and you will love, hmm. and you will have a great time. Okay. Yeah. I honest, I honestly believe that the the three of you would enjoy the entire hour that you're there, and there's, um. Obviously, every place, every room, everything you do is different. There's one of the things I had I got stuck on was a whole lot of red herrings uh, when you go in there. Sure. So, so you you have a thing you're supposed to do, but there are things that you look around. And you're like, there's could be codes for everything everywhere, and I see that you know <laughs> numbers and digits and things that are clearly or on the poster on the wall tells you about different ciphers, like four different ciphers, right? So you're like, oh, I gotta. I got to memorize all these cipher things so I know what I'm doing. And then, and then I get stuck on trying to decipher all these book codes, right? But really, mm-hmm. the books are completely red herrings. And you only need one cipher for one thing, and then you, never, you need to move on. But, you know, I, I was um, so distracted by those red herrings very easily, wanting to, to sure, figure it sure. all out. So we, so, we spent about so in 45 a- minutes... Um, not getting a lot of anywhere, not frustratingly. Like I said, we were just doing red herring stuff. And then mm, once, yeah. once we got to a certain thing, 
and unlock something, all of a sudden it, it became like a snowball thing. Oh, this is how this works. Not how the game, but like we do this sure. and then that's what these are for. And that's what this code is for. And that's what, that's what these locks are for. And all of a sudden you can start seeing the pieces all come together about what we're supposed to look at. Right. Um, which was, which yeah. was, and in our last 15 minutes, there's a, the general story is there's a bomb going off and we have to get the code to it or something. Right. Which is in the room. Oh, and we didn't know it, but in the case, the, the bomb, when you, before you go into the room was started at one hour. And then when you open mm-hmm. up the case, you can see the digital timer ticking down. Right. And then when sure. it's over, it explodes and you lose, you die. Right. Um, right. We opened it up and there was 54 seconds left. So we got, wow. we got to the end just barely. Well, we didn't win because we got to the end and then there was like, we had to take all the codes from all the things that we had learned and then kind of decipher that. Mm. Right. So, which was, so there's one step left and we had all the pieces, one last puzzle, but just sure. not enough. Like we need another five minutes and we would have done it, but it was not enough time. So yeah. it, that was good. That, that was positive. And, and like I said, I think that, um, you know, we were dealing stuff with little kids and running around and involving them and stuff, but uh, not saying that it would have gone too much faster with just the adults, but like with the three of you going, uh, I think you would really enjoy figuring out the different codes and how they figured out, you know, because some of our codes we figured out by, by brute force. We found four letters and we just tried every permutation, right? Instead of figuring out the mm. riddle. You, sure. You, you see what I mean? Or, or five yeah, or yeah. six things, you know, letters, something like that. <laughs> and then we just got lucky. So in, in, a, in a couple of weeks when we start doing your D&D thing, are you going to roll some of these puzzles into into traps in your dungeons oh man can, can i let me think uh can I? maybe is it is it two is it two apples to oranges no yeah i i i don't have faith that you guys would would find it interesting <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, sure you know our, our buddy trotsky we talked about these things and he enjoys them a whole lot but he's got a lot of he's big into game theory in general right right and, and right he, we had long discussion maybe it was just you me and him as well long discussion about Finding the sweet spot of challenge versus the puzzle makers, you know, being full of yeah. themselves type stuff. Sure, sure. Just a just a complete unsolvable. I mean, we talk about that in in entertainment, yeah. in film and, and and movies and and books too, for that matter. Of, of film and movies, film and television and books. Right. Um, the like, uh, I forget who the guy is, but there's a guy who made a list of l- l- what he calls the rules of fair play for mystery movies uh or detective stories right where you have to you don't have to like everybody every famous mystery writer and director has broken one of this guy's rules at least once but you know stuff like if there's no foreshadowing if there are no clues it's not impressive when the detective figures it out and just explains it to a to the audience or well to the to another character so that the audience can understand if it was all just magic not magic but like you know bad sherlock holmes stuff yeah totally and, and right yeah. where where the audience never had a chance like the logical connections are so it's like the riddles in the adam west batman uh right. stuff like right. you know a ballpoint banana or whatever like it's just it you know nonsense but maybe not not goofy like that and so it seems very clever but you're like there were no 
there were no clues. There was no way we could have figured that out. So, right. you know, what's the what's the point? Like, that's the whole thing with a mystery. I, I think that, that um, there's it's real important that you have that, too. And I know that's a, a difficult whole thing to figure out. But if you do that, that makes it so much more fun for me. We've had this conversation about movies. The same thing, you know, and I always say Harry Potter is the, the perfect example of a bad one. Um, mm-hmm. But the, you know, I like those detective type things that have stuff in uh, funny side note. Um, there are things that, you know, in the show I'm watching they, called The Expanse where they um, they're supposed to be doing something, but it's a mystery and they don't know why. And, you know, it's going to lead somewhere, but you don't know why. And they've got a guy who knows way more than everybody else. And he you know, the, 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 he's talking to one of the main characters like, will you just tell me all this mystery stuff is ridiculous. Just say it in real, like mm. layman's terms. And he just gets real <laughs> fed up with the guy and the guy's like, okay. And then he starts explaining it in some over the top quantum realm, scientific things. He's like, fine, I'll tell it to you. And then it'll blow your mind. And as you're listening to it for 30 seconds, as the, the view, the viewer and the guy, the part protagonist in the scene, you're with like, okay, mm-hmm. never mind. We'll go with the, the simple, just lead me down the path type thing, right? Way over my yeah, head type yeah. stuff. Right. Which, which was pretty fitting there. But anyway, yeah, it was fun. Uh, escape Room was a, was a good time. And I would say I would, I would highly suggest that the, the three of you, not everyone. I was really worried about um, going in there and then getting people who got bored or um, sure. got stuck sure. on a part and didn't then lost interest because I think that can, can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've got a certain kind of mind where you like to get to an end type thing, a goal and how you get there, this is, it was definitely fun. And I would love to do it with, you know, adults as well. Not the, not the kids were bad, but sure. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Just a different, and they, most of those places, I think they like change out their, their rooms, right? If they, especially if they only have one room, like you're not going to get repeat business if you don't, if you don't, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, keep the content. Uh, fresh. That's what I was wondering. It looked like they only had like two rooms in there, and or, or sorry, I should say they have two rooms with two small rooms connected. Like at one point, spoiler alert, we opened up a bookshelf and it swung open, and there was the room behind it. Um, nice. But so they don't have many, and I thought, you know, if we ran this the other room, wouldn't we know everything here? You know, and that's it. But maybe you're right. They well, they have to constantly be changing I re- it. I remember Trotsky or somebody saying they thought that there was business. There was some kind of business to be had in like moving, like rotating those rooms, like not the whole room, mm. but like all the stuff that goes into a room, yeah. like box it up and send it to another store. Yeah. Right. And you just rotate them around. So the content, uh, you know, so that you you sort of distribute the load yeah. of um, of designing and setting up the rooms every time. Makes sense. Um, yeah, that, which, that's right. Yeah, so like, like every individual store is building and setting up and and you know crafting all of their puzzles and then taking them all down to do the. And I'm sure it's not that you know drastic every time. There's probably some recycling and whatever, but yeah, yeah, no, I, that that sounds like perfect. Really, really would be you know to <laughs> be able to share that through because besides, like I said, the big book bookcase most things in there you could like take the mirror off the wall and put the desk you know ship that off right. and just have a square room and bring in the new shipment that'd be that'd be fantastic so yeah it, it, it uh i would like to do it again with the other room and see the 
the lady that was in there selling it, we did ask how they were doing with all the, the COVID stuff. And they said they were actually doing really, really well. So that's positive. They, they were so masked. Sort of makes time. sense if you, if you keep stuff clean and you're really small groups. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and, and the groups that you're with are people who are with each other anyway, usually. Right. 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 Families. Yeah. Or whatever. We, we still had to wear a mask the whole time and they wore their masks, but we didn't actually, besides walking in the front place, we didn't actually see anyone. Like there wasn't anyone Any in the room people. with us. Yeah. They communicated versus walking via walkie talkie. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, that felt pretty safe and they said that they were doing really, really well. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that nice. and you know, yeah, make sure. some money this day, this time of when we have, you know, um, businesses going, dropping like flies all around us. Right. It's good to see some people holding on for, for the future. Just got to hold on there a little yeah. bit longer, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you um, you played any new or new to you video games? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I, I, got a, I got a little bit of a, a Metroidvania kick recently. I, I'm okay. still going hard on some Neverwinter and, and stuff like that. But um, Sure. I, I played a game called Guacamelee. Um, it sounds really silly. But it's heavily uh, Mexican Day of the Dead and um, like the old the what's the, the kind of style of wrestling where they had the, the masks and stuff. Uh, Luchador. Luchador. It's um, very heavily I've, themed that way. I've heard of that game. I don't know if you told me about it or I heard about it on Core. Is that is that Metroidvania? Kind of. Uh, kind of. Okay. I mean, yes, yes. Um, A couple of the guys on Core really like that genre yeah I, and i do too and, and sydney's played games sydney's played hollow knight and she really really mm. enjoys that and, and is is like a super super goddess pro at that game and um <laughs> really really good like there's ultra hardcore mode gets you to like 112 percent of the game because they put an expansion in and she's at like 110 she's so close to doing and then now she's even taking to the i wonder if i can go back and play the whole game without dying once type stuff that's so when she hit that, I was like, okay, maybe I can get her, you know, to move on to another game because there's so many out there that are so good, right? And I still say Hollow I maintain Hollow Knight is probably one of the best Metroidvania games ever put out. Um, so it's hard to, to go to a different one. But Guacamelee mm. is is very fun, uh, much more, much simpler and just, you know, kind of straightforward. It's got a, a beat-em-up, well, I don't know, um, Metroidvanias are all kind of shoot and beat-em-up type stuff, right? Um, you know, you upgrade your punches or you get a wall jump later right. on and then you can go back to Yeah, I don't stuff. I don't know what the what all of the particular um uh criteria are for that genre. It's it's not I I almost want to say side scrolling, but not necessarily. Yeah. It's 2D um yeah. with floors up and down. Yeah. I think I think you're right that upgrades are a major are a major component. It's distinct from power-ups like mario yeah but you know i've i've never played a castlevania game but i've played i played just a little bit of what of a couple of the older metroids yep. and i played the one on the wii prime or something like that i want to say um it was 3d first person so it was a little more like you know uh uh um Bioshock or something like that yeah. but or Halo but it, it definitely had that that thing that I associate with Zelda a uh, Legend of Zelda where 
you upgrade your character in some way and now you can access stuff that you couldn't before. Yeah, that's I think that's the big thing is that you it's like a, a Mario would be a straightforward you go through a level and you beat it. These games you you like you said upgrade and then you can go back to those same levels and there's like a red block you can never get to and it opens up a whole new area. Right? Um mm-hmm. And then now you have to use wall jump to get to a lot of different things and whatnot. So this is like that. Guacamelee is is very um, lighthearted and fun. It's got a very fun, jokey-ish kind of vibe to it. And you know, there's you know, like a one of the the main narrators is an old man who turns himself into a goat all the time. It's it's kind of jokey like that, right? So you have sure, a, sure. you have a good fun time, and all the bosses aren't like. All the villains aren't evil villains. They look evil and they want to take over the world, but they're just kind of making jokes the whole time about it. Um, so that felt very fun and lighthearted, but I'd played that and really, really enjoyed it and 100%ed it because it was just so much fun without too much difficulty. And I discovered there was a Guacamelee 2 and it was on sale. So I bought that and man, that was fun. Uh, and then I had Sydney start up at another series that actually the game had been out for a long time and that I owned called Dust and Elysium Tale. It's fantastic. Mm. It's a fantastic game with good story. Like this one actually has a good story to it. Um, and it has, it's got an anime vibe to it and over the top anime action feeling. The action is it like huge combos and huge powers that are going over the place. Um, and then it's got, you know, lighthearted, cute story people in it that, with cutesy voices and stuff, but then the main character is kind of like this lone warrior type, very anime, classic anime stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's it's just very fun. And I watched I watched her play that and had a good time enjoying her go back and playing that game. And I still enjoy watching her play that. It's it's really fun. So anyway, yeah, that's I, I played those. I really really do enjoy the Metroidvania games, if not anything, because you can you can bite size those stuff, right? You can play them for a little bit, put them down, yeah, come yeah. back. As long as you don't wait too long, because then you forget totally how to how to wall jump, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Or or, or where you went, with, came back from, you know. I had that problem with um, uh, Dead Cells. Yes. So yes. I I I picked up a new game. Yes, yesterday. What day is it? Monday. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Video yesterday. game. Oh, a video game. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I heard you guys yeah, talking about so, something, but I didn't know what it was. So I don't know quite what prompted this, yeah. but. Um, our buddies were talking, and uh, our our progression enthusiasm for WoW has been uh, kind of waning yeah. in the last week or so. Yeah. It's yeah. it's getting to the lull where I think Pete has done almost everything that he wanted to do or can do in this current phase, and it's going to be a certain amount of time before the next oh, yeah. um, content patch. full point full point release yeah, yeah. Uh, patch, yeah, yeah. right where it. We're at version nine and nine point one will be the next uh wave of content. So anyway, uh the guys were talking about different games in Factorio and I was like, Well, we're probably I think just Chris has been playing uh the multiplayer Factorio game for a while and hasn't logged in since before Christmas. And I'm like, it's probably we've probably done all we're gonna do on that map and maybe we should start over. Mm-hmm. And I did that and was playing it a little bit, and it's still it's still the same, you know, it could still, but it's not, it, you know, it wasn't really grabbing me. And then our friends were talking about this other game, this new game. It's called Dyson Sphere Project. Oh, as in, um, as in like make a world around a sun? 
Dyson yeah, sphere? Yeah. The the theoretical um superstructure of a Dyson sphere, which uh Star Trek Next Generation fans will know, but it's basically um a sphere whose diameter is the orbit of Earth, or <laughs> I wanna say class M planet. Um you, you you make a whole sphere around a, a star so that you can harness all of the power and it's got to be at just the right distance the the diameter of it has to be and and do you do you is the or gameplay radius, mechanics like a it rather. sounds like it's a i haven't even looked at it is it like a factorio but you make, so you make it around the, a, you make a dyson sphere i i didn't play that much of it okay. so it's it's early access um, but it's on sale. I don't know if it still will be by the time this episode airs, but um, it's on sale like $18 down from 25 or something. Yeah, like that's that. It's early affordable. access. And I hesitated at first because I'm like, I don't, you know, I've been burned by early access games. We were talking about this before we started recording. Um, and I watched uh, a YouTuber who has done a ton of factorial content is playing it now. And so I watched... I watched him play for a little while. It's it's really somewhere in between Factorio and Satisfactory. Oh, um, that's interesting. Okay. I can I can link to our our earlier episodes where we talked about Satisfactory because I played that for a while, and then you and I played it. We played it multiplayer. Um, Dyson Sphere Project doesn't have uh, multiplayer yet, which is a big. Um, you know, check in the in the negative column really at this point. I mean, I played Factorio for years before playing multiplayer and enjoyed it a lot. But because we do so much stuff online now with you know COVID stuff, um, I you know after playing it for a while, I'm like, ah, oh, this really would be a better experience with more people. <laughs> um, but it's. So it's it's a 3D environment okay. like Satisfactory yeah. is, uh, but it is still third person camera, closer to how Factorio is now. Factorio is purely 2D, yeah, right, right. Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it DSP because Dyson Sphere Project takes too long to say. <laughs> um, it has it has a camera that you zoom in and out. Um, you control your little guy in a mech. Um, so you have that little uh, like power system to deal with a little bit like um, uh, No Man's Sky. Okay. Um, but again, it's it's third person. And as far as I've seen, you do all of the stuff that you do in Satisfactory or Factorio. It seems a little more... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like it it seems like the the recipes and the systems are gonna get more complex the way that Factorio does. Okay. Um I can't tell that for sure. It does research the way that Factorio does, where you um at least after the first few, which are just use your normal um uh parts that you build, like um like Satisfactory does, except you don't send it, you just use it and do research. But then you build research buildings, and one one building, um, they're these cubes, and they have a word for them. It's like, 
I, I forget now what the word is. There's a special word for them, but they're like the science packs in Factorio. They're little cubes that are like data, and you send them to the other building that processes that data to research your upgrades. Um, again, very similar to oh, the way I, I played a, I, uh, I Factorio I another does factory it. game that's like that that does that exact same thing where you send them to that factory to research. Um, yeah, that's I saw that one, and I don't remember why I did. Maybe their early access was too expensive, or or something like that. But I I played this for a couple hours yesterday, um, and it seems very cool. It's got like you click to move, and I mean you can still WASD, but you know I like click to move. Eventually, you unlock a little jetpack. Um, is it is it little... like uh, I I think of satisfactory? I think really big. Like it's like feels like a a world like it's a big huge area space world that you're exploring but whereas um factorio is a map right like a, a um, starcraft size map type thing so i i get the impression and i haven't gotten this far but i get the impression that the story is going to go you build all of your stuff on the planet that you start on and the the um what to compare this to the planet is small in that as you run, you can see the curvature oh, okay. of the planet, okay, um, which is kind of strange. But you know, I've seen you know, I've seen games do that before. So, like the size um, of an asteroid type thing, like a small little asteroid. Yeah, but there's still like water and resource nodes and things like that. But I think, again, bring in a little bit of that No Man's Sky stuff. I think you're supposed to build up all this stuff on that planet, and then you have the ability to get back into space and then you go to one of the other planets. So like the planet you start on has no uh, raw silicone. Okay. You can make silicone out of rock, but it's inefficient. Okay. So you do that to get your, your system built up and then you go to one of the other planets that has just a ton of silicone, but maybe it's, um, uh, you know, there's no oxygen or something, and so you have to have other systems. But I don't know. I'm speculating about that because I didn't get that far. Oh, and then wait, does this game use the word I I don't like the word phrase procedurally generated? Does it use a lot of that? Where like it's I can't really tell. It it seems like there's a there's already a tutorial. I think this is I think this is one of those games that's like you know just one or a, a couple of guys building. Um, so it's. It all works. Mm -hmm. um, at least everything that I've done so far works. I have seen a couple little points where they're like, "Oh, this is not yet implemented." This like branch of the tech tree mm -hmm. or whatever. As th that was my next um, question: is like, how early into early access? Like we we've talked about Satisfactory when it launched into early access. It it felt like a complete game, but we've yeah. we've also played and games where they're definitely. Like complete systems, like you, you, you can just look. It's basically like looking around the world. You're not doing anything. And then we've seen Baldur's right. Gate, which has just one chapter of the game. How, how does this feel? Right. I know you said you were limited, it played it, but how does it feel with your early access purchase? It, it, it does feel like everything that's there is done. I don't know if you can get all the way to the end. I know, um, you know, I played Factorio when it was in beta, and its thing was like you know, the rocket launch was just a thing like you built and you loaded it up and then it would give you a, a like victory screen. And, you know, people did that for years before they added all the graphical like rocket launch and stuff that they have now. Um, 
everything again everything i've done seems complete now i'm only in the first couple hours of it so um that's hard to say you know what that's going to be i get the the sense if i had to guess because it's called dyson sphere project that you're supposed to set up factories on all these different planets okay. in the same system yeah right i don't know i don't know if i can leave the star the star system but i have gotten to the point where i can scan the other planets i don't know if i can get back up into space because i uh salvaged my landing pod mm, okay like it's one of the first things the, tu the tutorial has you do um but I think you get back out into system space and then use the resources from all of those planets to construct a Dyson sphere. I assume that's the end game. Oh, cool. Um, so, ha yeah. And you said, and you did, last question with this one, you, you, you mentioned that it does not have multiplayer. Do you know if it's planning on having multiplayer? I, I assume so, but I, I've not done, um, I haven't done much research on that. Yeah. Um, well, so that sounds interesting. I mean, I always like these kind of games. I, I know that we've gone kind of back and forth with Factorio and Satisfactory stuff. Uh, with the Factorio, is, it felt like old is the best word, way to say that. It felt computer programmy. Like it was. Right. But but good, like in the best mm -hmm. way that you can have that, right? Like if, if you enjoy like numbers or stats, I guess what I said, if you're a stat guy. Right, like you like the baseball mm -hmm. stats. Factorio seems seemed like it when I played it, it was like that's for them, right? It's getting the most stats out of every little thing to get the most efficient kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of like having good ratios and yeah, all, all that, that stuff. And and Satisfactory has that for sure, but still felt more had an adventure, more adventure kind of component to it. Um, and I wish I could remember this other game that I, that I played, um, but it was more I kind of I guess train. But it it was kind of in the middle of those kind of uh, things too. But I enjoy these. I mean, I, I think they're really neat, and they do they do have a uh, a niche or uh, not, not a niche a some an itch that they scratch. I think mm. in my head uh, every time I I play them of you know getting the next step, unchecking the thing off the box to move forward and progress to the next thing, and and somewhat even that efficiency thing. You know, how can I squeak the best out of the best out of this kind of a thing? Which, which I never do, but it, it, that's the thing too, playing, playing these games multiplayer is that I always think I'm doing really well and then I'll play with somebody else and they, they do something. Oh no, you do it with this and this and this and this. And then all of a sudden it's the most efficient little factory ever known. Right. I, I felt proud about my factory, but not, any, <laughs> not anymore. I did that with, uh, um, MMOs are the same way. Like I'll play through, when I was playing Neverwinter, playing with the way I enjoy doing it and having a good time as you level up. And then when you hit the the main level, it's like, oh, it's time to look up and see what everybody else is doing. And then I find out I was doing everything wrong always before. And then when you do it, <laughs> yeah. when somebody yeah. else tells you the way you're supposed to do it and you do it, and you're like, why am I now like God mode? And I just changed some things, and I, you know, because I never right. figured that out. So anyway, th yeah, that's how the, it feels too. The, ver the version of that for me with MMOs is like, looking up the rotation or like actually yeah. reading the tutorial or the tutorials, the tooltips on all my abilities yeah. and go, Oh, when this one does, it builds a charge of this. And when I do this, it has a chance for this to proc. And suddenly like my damage goes up, you know, 50%. Right. Right. All right. I recently did that 
exact thing as I was just mentioning Neverwinter where I mean I I will do the tooltip thing so I kind of figure I enjoy games that have all those kind of interconnectedness but then there's then there's the the other parts of these games where you know um checking this thing that says it gives you one percent increase and you're like I don't want that I want this other one that gives me a sparkly sparkle right but the one percent increase happens to be on every single attack that your attack hits ever like a thousand times a second. So it's actually like a thousand percent damage. But I didn't read it. I didn't know that. Right. Um, and I did that. And all of a sudden my character is like super God. And I'm like, what? I was doing fine before, but now I'm just face rolling through stuff. And um, it's, it's stuff like that in these games. And going back to the, the factorial type games, I, I get that when I see people come and they'll do things that are are super awesome, which is fine. It's, it's cool. I, that's why I enjoy playing the multiplayer with, with friends so that, you know, I don't feel so bad when you tell me I'm doing it wrong as opposed to some <laughs> random nub on the corner. Rando. Right. Sure. Sure. Oh goodness. Well, maybe I have to pick that up. I mean, under sub $20. That sounds great. I, I know that, um, uh, isn't, um, Baldur's Gate, like full price, isn't it like a $60 game right this point? Yeah, like like 59 And I'm sure it's worth it, but yeah. I'm not going to spend that on a game that's not. I don't want to play it in beta and then and then lose interest by the time it comes out. You know what would uh, be great is, it, is if you can, if, they, if you could do like an early access thing where you pay $20 and they tell you that there's going to be three installments of this. And they're each going to be $20. You can quit if you don't like it, right? If, if this is not something you're like. And then by the time we put out the third patch or whatever, you'll pay $60, which is the price of a full game. Bet you'll have the full game then, right? That 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 sounds pretty cool. Like, I would do that with Baldur's Gate. I know they have one chapter out now. And if it was like 10 bucks, and they have six chapters that they're going to release, I would do that, I think. Sure. Uh, cool. Yeah. Well, that, that's actually that's our my, my my video games, your video game stuff. I did play a little bit of board games. I mentioned last week that I played solo a game called Archmage, which was pretty fun. Um, it was a game that our buddy Fox had given to me, and when we saw him last, and um, it's one of those ones that lasts about two hours to play. It's a is it a duel dueling game? No. No, I I, I have oh. another mage game that's like a dueling game that's like that. I, the name is similar, but not the, this one. Uh, this one is... I'll tell you the thing I like about this game. Uh, what kind of game is it? Um, oh, uh, I can't even... I can't even figure out what, how this game... Um, <laughs> describe this game. It's got uh, two boards, I guess. You have a wizard's tower, and then you have the, the main board that has all the little tiles that you can randomly place out and when you set up the game and your your guy walks around the world discovering undercovering these tiles on the board he's exploring the world um and then uh back at your at your mage tower which is like another little mini board you have that's like 12 by 12 mm-hmm. um I'm looking you, at pictures you have to like um level those guys level your apprentices up down there so there's kind of like these two games going on at the same time uh, and the goal is to um the goal is to be the Archmage by the time the planets align. Um, and that's when the timer goes oh, out in the game. Uh, the, the the confluence. Yeah. What um, This looks like simplified, slightly simplified magic uh, Twilight Imperium. 
Sure. Okay. I, I, I get. <laughs> just, I get just, that kind just of just the boards and the hexes and hexes I have and no stuff. idea. Sure. Um, clearly not. Like you said, simplified. Not not that complex at all. Um, but but it does have. It has the the downside of having a lot of parts to it. I guess like you've got your board and all your spells mm. and all your stuff and yep, all little pieces. Yep. Um, so setup. I was, see a lot was, of fiddly bits. A lot of fiddly bits. Um, and actually, the it's got one of the most offensive things with fiddly bits is that you don't use a lot of them. Right, like oh, when you gross. set up for the board for you, if you're not using this spell, you know, put this whole bag of fiddly bits back in the in the, the thing. Sure, right? sure. So, yeah, so the yeah. the start the the box it has has a lot of fiddly bits still left in it that you never use. Um, which you know it's crazy for me because I have to separate them all and keep them, you know, whatever. Um, but no, anyway, the thing about this game is that it's got. We talk about games called Euro games, right? That they have a bunch of rules and they've it's got game design and they're all thought with theory and numbers and stuff that you have to do. Um, and then they slap mm-hmm. on a theme, right, to it. They're like, it's about trains. Yeah. It's sure. Trains. It's sure, trains. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, but they're not really about that, right? They're about the mechanics that you're playing. Yeah. It's like, uh, and I don't, I don't know, I'm sure uh, any of our, gamer friends listening are probably yelling at us the definition of euro game sure, but sure. i i get what you're saying it's a um th- something that is game design first yeah uh theme design second right so, or third maybe or third maybe right i mean to, to many extent everyone who who knows games knows this with the, if you've ever played um monopoly like monopoly makes no sense whatsoever that you're walking around you're taking your, your shoe or your Scotty dog around a, a board and buying up things, but because you randomly land on them and then you it makes, they just had mechanics and then they put this kind of theme on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But this game is that same exact way, but the Pete for as much time they spent on the, um, the mechanics, which they, it seems like they did first. They spent the exact same amount of time on like, okay, how can we make a grand history of why we have a turn tracker? Right? And, okay. And it's really, okay. it all makes sense. So example, the turn tracker. It's instead of having, there's 15 rounds depending on what kind of advanced level you play it at or, or beginner's level. You have more or less turns. Um, you mm-hmm. could just have like a 15 with a little thing every round. You just tick it down one. Right? But what they did is they give you... Um, five circles that you put at the top of your your thing they're kind of in a row they go in little notches and every round you move a knot and they represent planets they're different colors right and they mm-hmm. and they represent planets and every turn at the beginning of your turn you move one of these these uh little circle wooden circles uh one step closer towards the middle right and then af- and then after you eventually move all of them one step closer and closer and closer until they're all in the middle your planets aligned and that's when the the archmage is chosen in the world when the planets aligned so okay it, it's literally just a time tracker it's nothing more but they made it into little planets and told the story to and make it weaved thematic. it into how the game works and yeah. why it works and everything cool. is that way like everything hmm. in this game is very very detailed in that kind of way they they have a mechanic of you can learn black magic and green magic right i'm just saying these colors because if you play video games you know green is like growth and nature and black is death and stuff Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so instead of just saying black and green and you learn this thing they um they say well we want to have like a a hybrid thing so we have a black green 
uh, character. Well, they make green elves, obviously, and black undead. And then they make drow, which is a combination of undead elves, right? And mm-hmm. they have all, and for when they do it, they have a, like three paragraphs of the life history of how drow were came into the world. And they're the, the amalgamation of these. And then every spell that you have has something to do with elves and undead. Like they don't have to put this flavor in everything. They just do the mechanics of black and green together. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you go there, you flip over the card and it's called elven death magic of something. And then it, you know, the characters are all artwork that way. I'm like, wow, they really spent so much time making you not think that this is game mechanics. Right. You know, when I can totally see the game mechanics there, if you are looking. Um, yeah. So I, 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 it has a solo mode, which I thought was, is pretty fun. Um, and I was doing the board game stuff, but still kind of, when it was done, I kind of got what my dude was doing. He's going around the world, exploring the world, found these certain things and found the drow, but didn't find the trolls. And, you know, he trained some guys in bestial red magic and whatever. Like I felt that because of the way that they ingrained the story and the way the mechanics work. But you could cool. take that all off and it would just be a normal, you know, board game. Sure. It was, but in single player, it's it's really fun. And Sid, I played with Sid. Um, she was very hesitant at first, but then when we got done, she was ready to set up for another game. Just nice, very telling. Nice. That's a that's a good sign. Yeah, she had she had she's remember fourteen now. She'll be fifteen soon, and she had I saw it in her mind. That we got in the last two rounds, and she said the words, "Hold on, I have to math this out." Right? I, <laughs> when you get that kind of thing, when you have to start thinking four steps ahead, that, that's cool. I think that's it's a game that helps kids or people start critically thinking. Right? Yeah, we played. Um, we've picked up a couple of new games on Board Game Arena last week. Oh, yeah. um, one called... Hold on. It's a dinosaur-themed... Why is this zoomed out? Uh, Draftosaurus. Oh, yeah, I didn't get to play that. Was that fun? It's it's pretty good. It's it's simple. It's uh it reminds me a little bit of Zularetto, if you remember that game or maybe Zularetto Dice. I played one of those. Yeah. Um so you have a personal board with a bunch of um uh uh what do you say? Well, they're pens, right? But they're little boxes on your on your card, on your your board. And um the the it plays like sushi go it's actually very similar to sushi go so there are a bunch of different kind of dinosaurs and they're different colors okay so that you know so you know which are which and uh, <clears throat> the twist maybe of it is and we played on board game right now so i'm not 100 percent clear on this mechanic but i think the current the current uh active player rolls this die and that determines your restrictions on what you can um what you can do on your turn and the board is divided up into into <clears throat> like there's a river and there are uh there are pens on either side of it okay and so the, you know the die will say you got to play on this side of the river or that side of the river or you can play in any pen that's empty or you can play in any pen that doesn't have a T-Rex in it um or you could play anywhere um 
and so so you have a a, mm-hmm. a hand a collection of dinosaurs and you have to pick one to put in one of your pens right so that aspect of it is similar to the sushi go thing where your pens will have some kind of bonuses like one pen gets increasingly more points for each unique dinosaur is in there uh one pen gets you five points if you can get two of the same right they're pairs there's one that gives you uh 10 points if you can get three there's one that gives you increasing points for how many identical dinosaurs you have then one there's one that's worth seven points if it's the only there's a pen that if the dinosaur you put in there is the only one of its kind in your zoo or your park right um your jurassic park yeah your jurassic park uh you get bonus points for that (laughs) um every pen with a t-rex in it gets a bonus point but then if somebody rolls that that t-rex die um you can't you can't put another dinosaur in a pen that already has a T-Rex. So that's all those details there. But it goes around. I think you play two rounds, and maybe there's some variations on that. The boards have two sides. We haven't really ex- explored the the back side of the board. Um, they're like summer and winter or something like that. Wait, how, long, and then, how long does the game usually take? You guys didn't play it very I mean, long. No, it's like on Board Game Arena, it's like 10 minutes. In real life, it would be like 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how distracted people are because you you all pick like you pick where your dinosaur is going to go and then you pass the dinosaurs around um again just like sushi go and then you know add up all the scores at the end and uh it's very cool if i weren't uh trying to reduce the amount of uh board games that i maybe not have but definitely buy um i bought like four or five games that all arrived right around the holidays, which was probably intentional, but I'm like, uh, I don't need to buy any more games. I really did seriously <laughs> consider buying this because it's very, you know, the kind of game that I could play with my family, you know, it would take just a little bit to like explain all the rules without uh, the help of board game arena. But, uh, right. But very simple, very, very sushi go like, um, but with a little more, with a little more strategy, um, I think there's always uh, a space available to you that makes a dinosaur just worth one point, so you can never you can never have a completely wasted turn. Um, oh, that's good. Seems cool. That's really good. I I you talk about buying new board games. I have a similar thing with video games recently. Recently, I'm I'm still playing. As I mentioned, I'm still playing Neverwinter a whole lot. Mm, um, but mm-hmm. but I'm I'm, I'm got to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm logging on. I've, I've hit max level and I'm still doing stuff. Um, but I, I need to consciously remember that, um, there's other things out there like, or, or not, not that it's, I have to remember that MMOs are not meant to end. Right. Like right. That, that, that by their nature, they continue to go on. And, and like, for example, next month I, I started playing since November and they had a big content patch in the summer. And there's another big content patch where they're moving things forward this in like February 9th, I think is coming up. So they are putting out a lot all the time. This thing is, and most MMOs do. Um, and I need to, to realize that I, I can't, I shouldn't sacrifice other games for that. So I need to slow sure. my long way to saying I need to slow my roll and, and pick up some other stuff. So, but I, 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 I do that and then spend too much on the MMO, uh, 
the bad stuff besides of MMO. So, so I think maybe I'll start, I'll put some of that down and grab up some of these other games that we're talking about here and give them some shots, some video games. And who knows, maybe go back and finally play some of that, um, uh, the star Wars game I bought a while back and never got to, to really play. Mm. Uh, a Jedi fallen order. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So I, I, I loaded it up. And I, I was like, I can't, I can't have, I have that. I haven't played it. Andrew found it very difficult. So that sort of, dissuaded really? me a little bit but andrew did uh, wow, i don't know okay. like difficult is yeah. it hard or yeah hard like um like a dark souls maybe i don't know i've never played dark souls so oh wow that's it's hard for me to say no no i, I yeah because like the known for that yeah the 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 preview videos and stuff that i looked at made it look like a um a uncharted or tomb raider yeah that's that's what style of game i I played it for i played it um i'd say two three hours in i want to say so that's Mm -hmm. in the long scheme of things that's not a whole lot um right and i i felt that your your uh description was right it felt it felt very uh, uncharted type stuff where i'm running and hitting buttons and barely making it off the edge of the thing while grabbing my lightsaber, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing with like real cool, heavy storytelling and things and very well voiced character acting and mocap stuff. So it, hmm. I got it. Like I said, I got three hours into it and I had gotten past all the tutorial stuff and I was on a planet getting ready to do my own things. And I was like, okay, I need to stop or make this my thing. Right. Mm. And so I was yeah. like, I, I got a taste for it, but that, not re- the real game so may- maybe andrew got there and then the real game gets really difficult but yeah it's hard to say i well my whole thing my thing with my playstation it's a whole thing yeah. i never finished spider-man and i barely started assassin's creed odyssey it's just a i i, I am no judgment on thing. not finishing games but that yeah. spider-man was just as general i really enjoyed playing that game and i and i'm sad that i i can't play the new one the miles morales one which i've heard Basically, people say if you enjoy that one, you'll enjoy this one just the same way. Uh, but nice. I want to. I want to wait for PlayStation Five whenever. That's still not in stock, man. Anywhere I occasionally check in. I mean, I can't imagine why video game consoles would be in high demand at a time when everybody <laughs> is stuck at home all the time. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I've heard that the Switch, despite being three years old, outsold everything else. Now, granted, the the next gen Xbox and PlayStation didn't come out until the end of the year, but yeah, still like for a three year old system, that's like, you know, I mean, I, I like the switch. I bought one, but I hardly ever play it. Cause I don't go anywhere. But right. anyway, I, I, I had to uh, go to the, to the mall for a kid's gift. That's mentioned birthday. Mm-hmm. So I went into like Claire's to get some earrings. Okay, and, sure. And, and then while I was there, I was like, you know what? I'm never in here. Hardly. I'm going to duck into that GameStop over there. There's no one there. I'll go over over there and see. There was one other customer mm-hmm. in there and I just walked through. It's not a big shot. So I walked through it quickly and I overheard the salesperson. The guy came in, asked if he had any, any PlayStation fours in stock because he wanted to buy sure. a PlayStation four trade-ins. Yeah. No, yeah. And he said, no, we don't, we don't have any, any in stock. Um, but like the Xbox 360, some kind of old thing. He didn't have any new consoles or anything. Um, wow. And oh no, it, it was like a Game Boy or Advance or something, something kind of odd thing. He said, "We don't have any something consoles." Old, yeah. He says, "We're 
sold out of all the consoles. Everything's there. And he told the guy to not buy a PlayStation 4, which I thought was weird. He was selling hmm. the PlayStation 5 is what he was doing. Um, sure, sure. But, I mean, he, was, he wasn't trying to upsell as a salesman. He was literally telling the guy, like, hey, four, I mean, buy a 5 for $100, $200 more, and you get a 4 and a 5. So Oh, so whatever... Whatever GameStop is charging for used PS4s is too much. Yeah, and he was basically. also saying, like, if you buy a PlayStation 5 for just, like, $100 more, uh, it's backwards compatible. He was telling him it's backwards compatible. Yeah. So you, there's, you should not do that. You should buy. go ahead and buy a 5. And, uh, yeah. Which, th- that was cool. But he couldn't sell anything either way. So as I heard that going through, I thought, yeah, just what you were saying is, you know, there's people are wanting to buy things right now. and. You can't buy any, and the PlayStation Five. I, you know, you always have Christmas stuff on new stuff, new console launches. But you know, by February, they're starting to get their stuff into gear a little bit. You know, you can find one at least. But man, they are still minute to minute sold out, which is it's wild. Yeah, it's it's wild, and it's it's gotten worse. I think it's a good kind of. We'll look back at this and have some stats on it. I'm sure, but they're you know the. They're still very much going for when when they're gone by the minute, they're sold on eBay for fifteen hundred dollars. Um, yeah. So right now, very few people who want them are actually getting them. They're, unless they pay well, the the huge amount. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that'll happen as long until that until that market of people willing to spend that is saturated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, and what's worse is that the the game companies that selling them themselves like the the distributors are are adding to that by not selling the console by itself but selling it in only in bundles of like only in bundles, four games sure. that you don't want and two controllers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know so so if you do get them if you actually see it online it's a bundle of you know $950 for something yeah so that so that those retailers can make a bigger percentage right? yeah and you end up with like three games you don't want out of, right, out of right. four. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. it's it's terrible for you. It's great for them. That's... Yeah, and, and I, I don't I don't need to worry about it. I mean, it's not. Like I'm saying this to you and onto the air. It's like I I've said before. I don't need a PlayStation Five. Um, mm-hmm. I had Lola ask me last week. She's like, "You would be lost without your PlayStation, wouldn't you?" I was like, oh, "It's just games. I I'm not lost without games. I enjoy them." I was explaining to her. She's like, "No, everything you do is through there. Like you watch TV and you watch movies, and we watch stuff mm. through there, and we have some communic- communication with friends and things." Like, yeah, I guess it is my media center. Like, right? I, I'll watch Plex through there. We do everything on on through the PlayStation. I thought, yeah, upgrading my PlayStation Five is basically upgrading my entire media electronic center mm-hmm. right so sure. that's more of what i think about when i have playstation 5 instead of like i need the best graphics of a game you know yeah that makes sense every five to ten years you upgrade your tv at least right you know to the at, at least yeah at, at least um upgrading your main technological center seems about the same you know reasonable request sure sure yeah Crazy. well speaking of Speaking of TVs, do you want to talk about some TV shows we've been watching? WandaVision. New WandaVision came out. What do you think mm-hmm. of that? Uh, spoilers, Bing, Bell, whatever you want. We're, we're saying Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about uh, WandaVision um, episode three. What do you, you think of that? 
It's pretty good. It's uh, I'm looking forward to. So we we had two episodes in the 60s, 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we've had an episode in the 60s, 70s, the Brady Bunch uh, slash maybe a little bit Mary Tyler Moore show episode. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, let's see, a Family Ties episode, a Full House episode, maybe a Home Improvement episode, and then what? Modern Family? Probably somewhere around episode six or seven, they go to <laughs> a uh, they go to a mockumentary style with um with talking heads, right? With side interviews. Sure. I I, uh, I gotta say, I, and I know I definitely know I understand I'm in the minority in this, but that's the most distracting part for me was I could see that. I could see that if you're, if you know, if you know more of the comic stuff and you're looking for, for clues and stuff like that, it's very, uh, some of it is very cute. Yeah. And and that's okay. That's not wrong. It's not bad. It's, it's totally okay. But I watched like, I got that. I really loved it in the first two episodes. I think that was great. And the third, Mm -hmm. admittingly, like the third, starts rolling in more of same thing I said with the stand it's the of what's happening what's actually happening right instead of just you know um watching the Dick Van Dyke show is just a week to week what's funny thing happens right there's sure. no real story going on overall type thing right no. and and there is when they fall back onto that on here they'll 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 get into the labor part and he's got to run and pick up the the doctor and it's ha 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 and then the person comes in there's the swan part and it's ha 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 like that's all fun and fine and i enjoyed it i'm not saying it's bad or whatever for my part i was like oh get past this it's taking like 15 minutes of my time to watch this swan gag can we get on and and Mm. see what's going to happen when they come out you know sure sure and that's dumb i know i'm i'm not enjoying what I should be enjoying when I should be enjoying it, but I'm yeah, so I don't, excited. I mean, if you if you're <laughs> if you're too impatient for that reveal, I think you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time enjoying this show because it does seem like uh, th- like that's their thing. There's something going on, and nobody's sure what, including us. Yeah, and it's although at the rate they're going, if they do, you know, my thing about the. TV of different decades was a joke, but if they continue that pattern, they're going to be up to present day by like episode six or seven, right? Yeah, or no? How do, I'm betting sixties, seven, well, whatever. Right. Nineteen eighty was twenty years ago. So is that they have one more of this. I, I think they got one more of uh, before the world comes crumbling down, and and it, it might go nineties type sitcoms or 80s with like family ties or some kind of stuff when um yeah when uh, it's funny i didn't think of this until just now but agents of shield did something sort of similar except they were time traveling not uh um and they had uh the guy enoch he's one of the what are they called do you know what they're called Right. Did you watch in, enough into Agents of Shield that you saw Enoch? I no. Uh, I think I, that name sounds familiar, but I don't remember much. He's about it. he's not a person. Like he looks oh, like a, I think so. A yeah. Man. Okay. Yeah. But he's I know this guy. he's like a watcher or a yeah. Um, 
He's like no, some kind of chrono cro- alien or cro- something. Cro- cro- Cronian? Chromian? Yeah. Not chrome, chrome. I remember that's him, yeah. War- Warcraft. Anyway, he's time traveler. But that's that. That's a story. And so there's a season that starts out with them in the 50s. And they interact with a couple of the characters from Agent Carter. And then they move forward into the 70s. But it doesn't go the whole season. It's And granted... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hit a stride where they were doing, like, half-season story arcs. Like, half of the season is about, um, not this season, but half of a season would be about Ghost Rider. And then the whole second season, the whole second half of that season would be a completely different story. Yeah. Um, But the time-traveling thing, like, it was very cool at first. It's like you know the old style tv show intro and colson's got his car and the be a big groovy 70s font in the next episode but it really only went like three or four maybe five episodes and then settled into um a story yeah i i really feel that's what they're going to do here i i wanda's already starting to crumble things apart it there, much more of this episode was on not just the episode being funny but a lot of it, I'd say half of it was vision questioning his reality. Um, and all, yeah. all of that. Right. And, yeah. and her I mean, fighting compared to it. compared to the second episode where we had so much time with the goofy talent show stuff, yeah. like there was really more time. I forget how I said this to Fox when we were talking about it. It's like the the air of menace or menace seems like too strong of a word, but that that air of, of whatever you want to call that gets longer every episode. Like in yeah. the first episode, there's just one scene yeah, where, you know, they get stuck and the boss almost dies. And then in the second episode, there are more, there's like the radio glitches out and then the different thing, you know, she finds the helicopter toy and all of that stuff. And this episode, it was like, a little bit a little bit of it all the time and then moments of it got got worse because there's this whole accelerated pregnancy thing that they're doing that's like none of this is real none of this and like yes we're gonna play some jokes on it but it's all like getting even more menacing or nervous um and so yeah i agree there's like at most two more episodes and then something's gotta give like it's the tension is accelerating uh with every episode. Yeah, the and and this was all the way through Vision was almost dropping out of character with that this doesn't make sense. Well, I don't get mm-hmm. why they're growing so fast. That, that none of this makes sense and he wasn't jokingly doing it. He was just com- genuinely confused and starting to work things and the, the neighbors and stuff like that. It was it was much more. And that's why I said and then they would kick back to 5 minutes of the swan. Which was again all of a sudden now we're doing we're doing the shtick again, um, which right. was fine, but it felt like oh man they're getting going and and I know I, I agree and understand you're coming up I'm waiting for that reveal but I don't I don't think I honestly knowing Marvel and what I've seen in their past ten years of movies and I have no no uh, reason to think that their t- television show won't be you know first party television show won't be the same is that. Um, they're going to do a thing, but then they're going to really tell the story gets going and it, they have another story to tell. Um, like Guardians of the Galaxy was funny and kitschy and had all the 80s cool, cool stuff, but it had a big story. 
right? It wasn't right. just about him, you know, goofing off and and singing '80s songs, dancing you know? to old songs, yeah. right? It it had like a story that it was trying to tell with with um and such. And same with it, a lot of the movies, the, the same way. It's got it's got a story to tell, um, and I think this does too. And we we but they're just hinting at that story now. And it's important to remember that this isn't a ser- an ongoing series. Wanda right. and Vision is it is it it's a one story told over one Li- season. Limited series, mini series, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. So um this is gonna be like one movie, which is super cool because it it feels very good quality, like a movie quality type stuff, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um obviously they're it's funny because they're their how do I say graphics or their stunts or whatever are intentionally bad. Like they're intentionally supposed to be set in the period. Like you see a floating dish and it looks like it's on a string. Yeah. They're, they're changing like the, 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 um, the act of vision, like switching his face back and forth started very like sparkly bewitched kind of thing. And they do, you know, what's clearly the like stop the camera, change something, start the camera again, where it's like, you can see the frame, uh, sort of change when they used to do yeah. the quote unquote magic stuff. And in the third episode, the 70s set with the Brady Bunch house, um, th- it's not that way as much. It's a little more, it's just a little bit better um, from an effects yeah, and, perspective. And, but but they're, they're trying to make it feel, give you that feeling of it's, they're imitating that, that time period on purpose, right? Right, um, for sure. And and it, and it is getting that way, so that's cool. But I honestly, I do think that they're that they're gonna. My thought process is that they'll give that up soon. Like I bet Pretty you they have soon. one more episode. I, I do not see that this whole season is going. I, like you said, you were just joking. But going from some some people might assume that's what they're doing with the entire series. I, I really don't think that's where. I think they're just going to yeah, slowly ingrain us into feeling this way and then transition us out of it naturally. Um, and they're doing sure. that really at a good good pace. So they kicked out to talk about the show itself. They kicked out um, Monica Rambeau. That, that would be mm-hmm. her her character's real real name. Yeah, uh, the 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 neighbor, um, one of the neighbors, and kicked Wanda kicked her out. Do you think? I know they keep saying Wanda. Who's making you do this? But do you think it's just Wanda that she is doing this? Like she's got a mental break happening. I mean. All I know about this story is the stuff you have told me. And so that's, yeah, that's what I think. It's a mental break kind of, um, as I've mentioned before, like the anime uh, Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, where there's a there's a character who is all powerful in the world that they're in, but she doesn't know it. And so everybody around her kind of tolerates her, uh, you know, megalomaniacal sort of behavior and borderline bullying. There's yeah. not you know this show doesn't have that kind of bullying stuff um but i do see that like one person kind of thing and then you have the interesting aspect of like if it is all her and there's no like truman show kind of like conspirators or spies like breaking in and trying to trying to pull her out trying to fix her like if we as we know vision is gone so you know, what we see as vision is her psyche's projection of him. And so when he is doubting, that's her mind fighting against itself. Yeah. Right. 
right? I mean, they, they right. do the whole uh, Piotr thing, uh, P-I-O-T-R. Her, her brother, yeah. yeah. They, they like talk about him and how she doesn't want to address that. Her, clearly, she's, right. she's blocking that out. Right. Um, yeah. The, and I, so, so, yeah, I mean, that's... Um, that's how it seems to me. And then what I don't know, I don't understand what we saw at the end of the episode. Um, uh, like the, I think that she's got an area of the world, AKA the dome type thing. And they're yeah, all camping the, out there. Sword is. Okay. And that she's like, like shielded from the rest of the world somehow, or yeah, I think that she has. I mean, I guess we'll find out. We, yeah, we'll, we'll like certainly that. find out. I I have this feeling that just wild predictions here by seeing what we saw at the end of that was, and, and then seeing some of the other stuff is that this is based on nothing, just my own thoughts. Is that she has taken over an area, maybe like a small town or something, and put like think of a big bubble around it where mm-hmm. she controls the reality within it. Um, so you think it? So you think it exists in physical space? It's yes. not just all mental, like hallucination. Not hallucination. No, I, I, I think like that she dream she state bends reality. Of. That's part of her powers, I believe. Probably is that she bends mm-hmm. reality the same way that Thanos bent, bent reality. Remember in, in Endgame and yep. stuff, he would yep. he changed all of the world around him. And at one point, Gamora thought she killed him, but she just he just changed reality, right? Mm-hmm. And he even says that, like, reality is a funny thing, and when you can make it to be what you want, it's a totally different kind of experience. And I think she has that ability. This is just a whole show based on that. And she just manipulates it in this domed area that people can't get into. And I think mm. people are trying to get in there because there's people trapped in there, like the neighbors and such. Okay. Um, and they, because they talk about, you know, you see the neighbors, like, they're scared, and they they basically say they can't escape. Right. And we see people breaking in. That's what she said. Remember, we saw that guy coming out of the, the, the sewers. And she said, nuh yeah. And then rewinded stuff so they couldn't get in. Right. Uh, and then the one girl at the end of this episode got a little too close, started to, f- to remember things, started coming in. She knew it. And she's like, I'm done with that, and kicked her out. Right? It's her way to reject, her mind's way to reject it. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I, here's a kind of a, a thought process here that I want to discuss with you. Okay. You've you've seen the uh Toby Maguire Spider-Man, right? Way yeah. way yeah. back in the day. A uh, while ago. Yeah. yeah. Long time ago. Um how do you feel so when that came out, Spider-Man did not have his web shooters. Part of his transformation from the spider bite made it shoot out of his hands. Right? Sure. Remember yeah. kind of remember that? And everyone who watched it lost their mind. It was a Spider-Man nerd or Marvel or any kind of Spider-Man thing. Like, Oh my God, it's so terrible. It's like, Oh, it's just the worst. And, and okay. while, while the movie was, was great. And I think people generally liked it overall. People would nitpick the crap out of these, these shows and these movies about like, mm-hmm. if they weren't true to Canon or whatever, Marvel mm-hmm. has done completely none of that with their movies. They buck Canon at every, every turn. And it feels like the only thing they keep is the, the I'm using air quotes here, spirit of the comics. Um, mm-hmm. And then just completely rewrite a story as if it's a what if type thing. Uh, but and people are just just eat it up. It's they're making they're making a whole show called what if it. it well, yes. Right. So it, they just eat it up. Um, 
Why why is that? Is it because the production quality and the writing and acting and all is all so much better than before that people are willing to just not care and enjoy it's what a, they're seeing? So so there are a couple of thoughts. This is a big question. Yeah. Um let me check our time. Okay. Just want to see where we are. So uh I listeners of the show will know I am not I have read comics, but I don't consider myself a comic reader. Uh-huh. Um, I have for a long time kind of chuckled or rolled my eyes at the idea of comic book canon. Because yeah. to me, even though, you know, Tolkien went back and edited second edition of The Hobbit, the the idea of um, retroactive continuity, or we say retcon, um, was, you know maybe not started but it like made popular made mainstream by comics like comics are and you know again not a comic reader so for whatever my opinion is worth uh you know comics are a short format they started in this sort of weird space pre and 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 during world war ii and then sort of changed with the culture and i'm just talking about american comics right there's you know manga japanese there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff but like the the stories change with the culture and you know they've done things like um you know dc did with flash of two worlds and you know multiple earths because like they'll reboot a series and they're like this guy is the flash now and it's a completely different thing is you know he's barry allen and he's a retired cop or whatever all that um that's probably not right either but whatever um and so to me i don't think that idea conflicts with my um you know historical status as kind of a an originalist mm-hmm. right i i didn't know that was a word people used but <laughs> you know i i took issue with with a lot of things in the lord of the rings movies that were different from the books that's a perfect example like if they changed I, their lord of the rings people would lose their minds and so to I some th- bit they did i think you can't be absolute about it yeah um you know you can't say all changes are bad, right? That's what I mean right. by absolutist. Um, you know, you look at a thing and go, you know, with Lord of the Rings, you're like the Council of Elrond. Yeah, yeah, you could take that entire sequence verbatim out of the book and put it on screen and it would be boring as hell. Everybody who like considers that at all knows that. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard people say it in the DVD commentaries, you know, so it's not just not just Peter Jackson and whoever, like people who read it every year, like, like Christopher Lee would say, yeah, that's not, that's not good movie material. And so mediums are different. Now comics happen to be very close to film or television, right? Mm -hmm. They're basically storyboards. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But there are still things that work in a comic that don't work on screen. Sure. And I think to to get back to your original question, because you asked kind of a general question, I went general with my answer. Um, the MCU has sort of gotten a lot of its success by leveraging lesser known characters, right? Yeah, like for sure, people people sort of knew Thor. Obviously, sure. Thor is an actual not actual but like mythological you know, thing a yeah. mythological 
character before comic books. Right. Right. So so that helps. And people knew Captain America, but like like Black Widow and yeah. Captain America was this guy who threw a shield. Like, yeah. you know, he was probably the the most well, but nobody, not nobody, but very few people had heard of these other characters. The people knew sure. the Hulk, but um the the staying true to the spirit of it while not being um bound by the canon. I mean, I think is a thing comics themselves are always trying to do. Right. Maybe not always. But you get to a certain point and you're like, uh, we can't keep this we can't keep this Superman so like extremely patriotic, almost jingoistic, because people aren't gonna buy it anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it sold it sold very well in the fifties. It's not gonna work so much here in the eighties. Right. Or whatever. I, I guess I guess the question I spin off and I and I hundred percent agree with everything you said there. I, I also agree with making modern comic book movies what they've done with this Marvel Cinematic Universe or any kind of things is absolutely the way to go. I, I love it for all the reasons you said. But I, I guess one other thing I wanna ask though here is that why didn't they do that with Spider Man? Well, I mean, they did do that with Spider Man. It's a different story, and they just said, like, well, it makes more sense that he has it coming out of his hands. But people took great issue with it. Whereas, sure, you know, Wanda does, didn't get her same powers the same way she got them in the comic books. But that doesn't matter because they got them from. They're just putting it in story this way. Like nobody I mean, seems I to think... care with anything that happens. Like Wanda Vision, <laughs> bringing it back to Wanda Vision, it's like. These things have the spirit, and I'm saying spirit because uh, I'll example. I'll say uh, Tommy and Billy, the, the babies, uh, mm. in, in the comic books, she uh, goes crazy and uh, misses Vision, and because he's destroyed, he was dead. So same mm-hmm. kind of thing, but wholly different reason, right? But he was destroyed, and she wants this wonderful family, and she makes up this false reality where they have kids, Tommy and Billy, and um, they're completely made. So. It had nothing to do with TV episodes. It had nothing to do with Thanos and the Infinity War. It had nothing to do with neighbors and an escape thing. But it still had Tommy and Billy and possibly her losing her mind and recreating a happiness. That is a spirit of that, right? And everyone, mm-hmm. including myself, loves it. I don't care at all that it has nothing to do with the Avengers Disassemble, House of M. has anything to do with that at all. And I don't. I love that story over here. And I love this story over here. But when people watched things like in the past of Spider-Man or Nick Fury or the old pre-Marvel MCU movies, all they could do is talk about how Venom is not like Venom in the comic books. You know, even to the like his stature isn't the same size. And that's not how do you tell his origin story without (laughs) this? And it's it's okay. You know, I mean, what? I mean, make 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 no mistake. You can find forums and reddit subreddits <laughs> ever, where where people where people are doing that exact stuff and it's i, I don't know if i completed this right. thought but it's a it's a risk it's a risk reward kind of thing i think it depends on you know how how um how big the thing is that you're going to change like what impact it has what implications it has on the character on the world on you know whatever kind of thing if you're going to change the way that superman has his power like what else is that going to impact um it depends on that it depends on how popular and well-known the character is like even before the movies i think spider-man was a huge character now i i mean i went to an engineering school with a bunch of nerds and i don't remember ever talking to anybody 
about how spider-man's web slingers work i think at some (laughs) point at some point i had a conversation with somebody and i just figured that it was one way in some comics and one way in some other comics because spider-man's been around for a long time and they just you know went with this way if you say it you know makes his character not as uh, you know his his intelligence not as big of a part of it then maybe that's a thing i know when uh the avengers movie came out and hulk could suddenly control uh banner could suddenly control when he transforms into the hulk you're like that's really cool you watch it and it's awesome because he smashes but right you look at what they've done with his character going forward from again what i've read i've never yeah. read a hulk comic but yeah um you know People going to see Infinity War and Endgame like Hulk, Smart Hulk, whatever you call him, but he's not the way that he is in the comics. It's just Banner, but big. Yeah. And it, you know, because all the way back in 2012 or whatever, when Avengers came out, they sort of erased that conflict. Maybe not erased, that's a bad word for it, because he does have struggles like changing back and they address some of that in Ragnarok like I'm down a rabbit trail here but um (laughs) my point is they made a change and in that movie it was it was an entertaining thing that didn't really matter but it affected how they could write that character moving forward because they've now established that that big conflict that central tension of that character between the two sides is is not as is is much smaller now. Um, yeah, that uh, it's funny that they can they can uh, I would say I give this credit to Feige and the big architect of things is is the idea to know when things need to be cut and when things don't like from from the continuity. You know, like you you mentioned the Hulk perfect yeah. example. It's like you know I think we had the spirit of the Hulk for the first movie and with the Hulk movie and you know big angry. Yeah, beast man who he changes and they're two different people and all that kind of stuff. And then we had it a little bit and then it, I think he was able to somehow tell like, okay, that wasn't as interesting or to people or to audiences. I don't know what he does to do it, whether it's testing or stats or intuition, but then he like, okay, we're, we're changing this character and then just carte blanche, change it. Some things he will keep exactly the same. Iron Man builds Iron Man suits from his technology, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's not changed that. Yet Peter Quill was is not even the same character at all that he was in the comic books. Not not right. even close. A totally different, wholly realized new character with the name Peter Quill. And right. And he decided that's what I want, and that's it changed. And we were all on board with it so much so that a year later, the comic book character is now that Peter Quill instead of you know sure. what he was before. You go back and read a Peter Quill. Uh, 10 years ago and or with him in it you're like whoa what is this war torn hardened veteran who's like 55 years old and a grizzled <laughs> soldier right you know not the same at all yeah um, or or like we talked about with spider-man you 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 know look at the um uncle ben stuff and like you know tom holland we don't see tom holland go through any of that we do see him go through the loss of tony stark and yeah. That that is one of those like, yeah, what's the yeah. heart of this? Like, Example. is the heart of it that his uncle dies, yeah. or is the heart of it that he loses someone who was important to him and has to deal with that grief for a while in right. his in his character arc? And so, I think, 
as far as like you know staying true to um comics canon or any of that we've talked about how um just in the example that i gave uh marvel does a lot of changing things to fit what they have available right they're making movies that are very expensive right yeah comics comics are not cheap to make but they have they're they're much much cheaper than these movies and so you can say like we've got this comic run and this one and this one so if we will bring this into this and this into this and so for feige whoever making these movies goes man i really love this part of the wanda goes insane story whatever that's called yeah but we don't have any x-men lore we don't have this we don't have this what we do have is this big avengers thanos story so what if at the end of this arc (laughs) vision is dead what if (laughs) what if and then you still have the core of wanda with her powers going crazy but all of the like prologue to it is different to make it fit within the canon of movies um that they have established which bringing this back around to the to the to the close here with this and bring it all together is what makes someone something like me when i watch and i know all those comic book things and this thing when i watch them and they say the words tommy and billy playfully in a very funny way makes me go ah right it's like somebody there Mm. writing this this thing had that same feeling, and he, this is them implementing the spirit. Give a little nod. They're, they're putting yeah. the spirit in the. They're in, intertwining it in the world. Yes, it's not the same story, but the spirit is very important. That she has a family and with these two kids, and and so when you see them actually do it, and they do it on the screen, it's like this isn't the show that I'm watching. I'm watching a whole new Wanda, Scarlet Witch story. But then, oh, they're putting in the spirit of what I know. Right. And that that's what I it makes it fun and, and exciting to me and seeing that kind of I'm not to me, but a lot of people that are are comic book watchers. But you don't absolutely need it all. Right. You the you're yeah, right, as Dennis right. are completely experiencing that feeling that we felt when we read those stories back in the day. Um, so, yeah, I, I I enjoy the the what if kind of nature of stuff. Um, the things as a comic book reader for me. Uh, close in closing is that civil war, for example, was a story that was told in, in the comic books and it had a spirit and a general idea throughout it. And if you watch civil war in the, uh, the movie theaters, it's a completely different story, but had the exact same themes and ideas and things main through line that happened, um, told in a completely different way with many different changes. But I got to experience that when I read it. And sometimes when you, you know, writers write a story and have an idea. It's not always completed, executed successfully, or mm. there's a lot of things done with like for money-making reasons. Oh, we have to tie sure. in 96 different comic books so that we can all sell them. And none of them are big to the story or some of them are good or some of them aren't good. Um, so being able to go back and have these stories told in a different medium, a different time, a different way gets me a chance to re-experience the story like from scratch like, oh, I like I bought that first issue of Civil War because it's it's very promising and they lay the groundwork. But then how it played out, eh, yeah, it's okay. I could never take it. <laughs> but now I get to see Civil War come out and say, Oh, it's the same premise. How are they gonna take it this time? Right? Yeah. And that's very fun, you know. And and everyone get I get to experience it with you and everyone else at the same time. 
Sure, so, sure. That's really fun. Hey, last five five minutes, Dennis. We got to watch through. Speaking of Marvel, okay. a couple of those trailers. Um, and now we're way behind on this, but it's it's important because when I watched WandaVision, Sid and I sit down, it has the Marvel singing entry logo type music yep, they have at the beginning, yep, and yep. it makes you feel like, oh my God, we're watching movies again. <laughs> um, and now, so we, you and I got to sit down and watch some of those trailers that we might have missed in the past. Um, they, they, I'll just quickly run the name of them. It was Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, What If, which is an animated uh, series coming out with them, and Loki. Uh, are there any of those that that sounded obviously you know WandaVision, but sounded interesting to you? Uh, okay, uh, boy, I watched a I watched a super cut of those trailers, and yeah. I should have I should have put down a list. Um, but any any, any of the, that you just even just your, a feeling now that you watched that super cut, like okay, I had a feeling I, that was interesting. I like the idea of the what if show. I don't love the animation style mm. that I saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll maybe that won't be a thing oh it's the um, same animation that you hate it's that computer one animated stuff it's not computer but it's animated it's, yeah, with it's, the computer. it's very it's very cg and yeah. you know i'm watching i'm watching clone wars slowly yeah. which looks like watching it i noticed in the latest episode that i watched the textures almost look paint like hand painted mm-hmm. and then applied to to 3d models which is strange but right. anyway um, but what if does sound cool it is got that trailer was kind of neat little i bit of i like i like the idea of little one-off you know kind of anthology stories that you maybe deal with um i think of the shows i think they're all shows mm-hmm. um the there's a black widow show a falcon winter soldier show and mm-hmm. a loki oh, show widow, yeah. right. um and obviously wandavision which we're well black widow's a about. movie the only one Black Widow the only is one. a movie. I, right. I I knew that, but the that's other the only, two are the only one, right? The other two are TV shows. Um, all of that looks like it's going to be cool. I'm probably I don't know. I'm probably most interested in the Loki one. It's mm-hmm. it's doing some stuff with time travel. That's always kind of kind of interesting. Um, he's he's joining some guys called TVA, which is some kind of temporal something. I, I do not believe they are founded in comic books, so I don't. Oh, they're I, not. I I looked it up, and that's what. Uh, no, I could I be wrong. There's so many it, comic book things. There, the Wikipedia article I'm just remembering it said Thor in like 1986, so oh, maybe not see, something that ran very long, right? but but not something not something new. It's like Star Trek's um, Department of Temporal Investigations. Oh yeah, so sure. At least what it what it looks like to me. And so, you know, of course, if they're investigating uh, or if they're, you know, trying to, you know, fix people messing with time, uh, maybe that's how they get Deadpool. That, that would be great. I, I, <laughs> that That's kind of a joke and a spoiler for Deadpool 2, which is like two, three <laughs> I, years ago. I think ago uh, now, so. of, of all of these, of any future going project with Marvel, that one there has the most wide open ability of any of them. Of any that yeah, I've heard of yeah. so far, like it, it. I don't For think sure. that it has any roots in any other stories going forward. It's firmly rooted in the events and caused by the events of what we watched that had nothing to do with any comic book thing. You know, he got the right. thing and escaped. So it, this feel that feels like a completely original story within our characters of a comic book issues that we would have if we got a new yeah. comic book story. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow looks interesting, but still sad because you know, I mean she's dead. 
and there's no good, you know, that's it. Uh, and I think all the characters right. there are probably going to be dead. I, I mean, you don't see yeah, that's that's sad. I mean, David Harbour looks like he's he's funny. Harbour looks great. Uh, I think he'll die he early, looks, which is going to make me sad. You know. To, yeah. Right. Right. I think they're um, going to they'll and, do that punch with him just to make you feel you know more and emotional. The, and the other one, the other one too. I mean, I was I was kind of sick of Bucky for a while, but mm-hmm. um, I I do like the what I've seen in the trailer, which looks like they're going for a little bit of a buddy cop kind yep, of a thing yep, with him and yep. and Falcon. I know he's you know, his character is not too much different from his actual personality, which is very, you know, yep. funny, kind of laid back, but also, yep. you know, seeing him deal with the the weight of Cap's legacy and yeah. and all that stuff. Like that look I mean it all looks good. So it does. I, I, I think that uh this is gonna be a good a good thing for viewers. I, I mean, a con- a Marvel MCU fans, especially with sure. what, how how Steve Rogers ended and the the belovedness of Captain America, Steve Rogers in the mm-hmm. MCU, and uh, universally, I think everyone adored that actor and that that character. Uh, so it's going to be everyone's first mind is that while we like Anthony Mackie and, and the Falcon, like how you can't, no one can play that, and I think that's a big thing. And this is going to be a good little for TV but not movie series of him doing it wrong, him failing and then finally coming to terms with he needs to be his own person and that is and when he does that's why Steve chose him. Right? And 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 then I think Bucky will help him bring that out. Just the same way that Bucky brought it out in Steve himself, right? And and challenged him right. he was always there. Yeah. So that looks fun. It does look fun. I I agree. I um it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I think you we're, we'll be annoyed with with uh, um, Falcon for the first half mm-hmm. of the series, mm-hmm. and then really at the end, by the end, if they do this well, he'll be the new Captain America. I think. I think you'll you'll be embracing the fact that he's right. he's not Steve Rogers in any way, but he is he is the new symbol. Right. That's then if they do that, he'll be a good leader going forward for the MCU because now we, I think we all thought that. The perfect leader would have been Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther, um, yeah. But yeah. sadly, that that won't happen. But now we have um, the other leader going forward, which is either one of the two, which would be Captain Marvel or um, her. But we haven't heard anything about Captain Marvel, so Mm-mm. yeah, she has another movie. Like in she does in like twenty thirty or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just watched the last half of that show um, tonight. It was okay. But it's so funny how people have forgotten completely about her. So, I mean, weird. once again, I'm sure there are subreddits you can go on where people are still <laughs> mad. <laughs> You're right. All right, man. We had lots All of right. Marvel talk there with we're, that one. So yeah, ready. so we're 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 pushing the stand off again. Uh, uh, stuff's oh, happening. The stand, it's, right? It's <sighs> it's the stand. It's it almost feels like a kind of thing we can talk about. Once we get done with it, they have yeah, introduced yeah. Uh, the trash can man that you've been yeah. uh, uh, predicting. It feels, I mean, I feel like it's a weird. I feel like it's almost it's a weird over. thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about it at length next week or the week after. But um, it the story feels like it's moving so fast, and I don't know. Yeah. That's sort of my recollection of the book, even though the book is very long. Uh, I mean, it's Stephen King though, so. You'll have that. Yeah, there, there, there's like, 
I don't even know how many episodes are going to be. I thought there was only going to be like eight, but they're like on six, aren't they, or something like that? And it does feel, yeah, well, talk about last week, but it, it, it feels it like it's feels moving like along. It's getting I don't, close. What's going on? So, but, but next week, hey, we're going to do a show I want you to watch next week. Okay. Um, I think it's called The Fate, The Wink Story or something on Netflix. On uh, Netflix, it's a new. Yeah. It looks a little Harry Potterish. Yes, Harry Potterish, very Mag- te- magic, teeny, magic school. Sabrina, the teenage witch type thing. Okay. okay. Uh, I don't want to invest a lot of our time in it, but I'm interested. So, can we watch one episode? There's like it's a whole season. Uh, sure. But it's one, one, we'll watch sure. one episode. We'll come back with it and we'll we'll see what we think of it. I think some of these shows can be really good, and then some of them could be the Shannara Chronicles. Right? It's just right. Really made for MTV type stuff. Um, yeah. But then every once in a while you'll get a good one, so we'll we'll see how this goes. Okay, one week. It's the stand okay. and and that one. If you if you have a chance, I think my family and I are going to watch History of the World. Is it no News of the World? News of the World. Called? Okay, History I, of the World. I've not heard that. Is that on Netflix or something? It's a Tom Hanks movie. I, you probably still have to rent it. It's brand new. Oh, it's brand new. Okay, cool. History of the World. Uh, it's a Tom Hanks new, movie. News of the World. New, news of the World. Okay. Because it's in theaters for people still going to theaters. Still going to theaters. And. Wow. there's There are shows in the theaters still that are new besides Monster Warner Hunter. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I'm going to go to the theater this weekend where we're doing a private showing for one of our buddies' uh, birthdays. So watching. Um, Indiana Jones, I think. So. Indiana Jones, yeah. I might, I might see if I can make it down for that because I got an invite as well. It'd be so cool. All Weird right, so new, new Netflix show. We'll check that out. We'll talk okay. about it next week. News of the world as well. Yep. Okay. All right, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode one hundred seventy-nine. Uh, special thanks to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Um, if you have questions, comments, feedback, suggestions for things we, things we should watch, uh, you can hit us up via email at frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. There are contact forms, contact forms there, uh, show notes. I think I've mentioned at least one or two things that I'll put notes, links to on the website. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts found. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Bye.